SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Merriam-Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. And that's all good and fine, but old Miriam and Webster (laughs) used some words that I don't know and didn't really hit the mark when it comes to talking about Manukora honey. First off, Manukora isn't just sweet and viscid. It's got a rich, complex taste and a creamy, melt-in-your-mouth texture that you won't find in your average, everyday grocery store honey. And nectar of flowers doesn't cut it when you're talking about the nectar of the Manuka tea tree in New Zealand. The only nectar these bees feed on in the production of Manukora honey. In conclusion, Manukora ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks. And we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO 850 Plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself, if like, a company made grapes for the first time, we'd go nuts. It's, I feel like honey is this way, where I'm like, if anybody like made this up, we'd be going out of our minds. But this is like if honey happened again. Did you like the honey, Sari? So I moved into a new place where there's no insulation in the walls. And so uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea. And mm-hmm. sometimes that tea needs a little bit of honey. And I initially poured in this honey thinking it was going to be grocery store honey. And then I was like, that's different. And now it's a little uh, breakfast treat. It's a great breakfast treat because it's 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 a little like it's for toast. I could put like this on my butter toast and I'm like, oh, I'm having an experience. So Merriam-Webster also defines ultimate as the best or most extreme of its kind. Now that one fits Manukora to a T. Indulge in the best or most extreme sweet viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees from Manukora. If you head to manukora.com slash tangents, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MG850 Plus Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash tangents to get $25 off your starter kit. Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen. This week, as always, I'm joined by Stefan Chin. Hey! How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> What's your tagline? <laughs> Two-star clam juice. Ooh, that's the best I've never kind. had clam Two juice. Star. No. Well, no, but if, if you get the fancy stuff, Straight it's not as good. Clam. You gotta get the, the you, straight from the clam. You gotta get the bad clam juice. Oh, that's, suck it from the clam's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like raw milk. It's a little oh. it. Unpasteurized. Sam Schultz is also here. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing all right. What's your favorite color? Blue. Just any old blue? <laughs> yeah, any blue will do. What about cyan? I wouldn't wear it, but I would look at it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your tagline? It's a freaking weekend, baby. <laughs> it's the freaking weekend, baby. We're about to have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sari Riley's here as well. We were quoting mm-hmm. music. 
Yep. That's what that was. I figured you said it in a rhythmic way. So either <laughs> it was generated straight from your brain as music or it's it my was favorite other music. poem. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your tagline? DJ Frogstep. And I'm Hank Green, and my tagline is Foam Roller. Every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together to try to one up, amaze, and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding Hank bucks. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but judging by previous conversations in the name of the podcast, we won't be great at that. So if you go on a tangent and we say that it's a bad one, you have to give up one of your Hank bucks. Now, as always, we introduce this week's science topic with a traditional science poem. This week, from master of slant rhyme, <laughs> Stefan. I have no idea how to fashion. How many freaking buttons am I supposed to fasten? What do you even wear to a soiree? T-shirt and jeans every day, that's what I say. Unless there's an algorithm somewhere out there that could create something stylish for me to wear. Yeah. Well, it turns out there's at least one neural network designer that can generate my mathematically optimized attire. Ooh. So let's take a look. Beep, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> ah, yes, I guess I do need stars and pink laces on my boots. Well, am I supposed to wear this with a blouse? Would I even wear them outside the house? Mm, this is too hard. On fashion, I will pass. The only accessory I need is prescription eyeglass. I'm sticking to this clothing. I hope you understand. For me, trying to be fashionable was just a fad. Uh, the topic this week is fashion, which is, a I feel like, a left turn for us. Well, you know why? Because this was... week is fashion week. Oh! oh. What, who says? Um... New York. <laughs> oh, it's New York Fashion Week? Yeah. Okay. I feel like a very personal poem. Yeah. You know, I try to infuse my art with my own uh, person. I don't know. I do, is there an actual AI that can decide my clothes for me? Yeah. They have a bunch of algorithms that will recommend existing clothing to you. Mm -hmm. And so this one, I think, combines the features of different clothing and ah. patterns and things and, like, creates new things that it will think that you like. So what is fashion, Sari? Did you, did you look up anything? Yeah, oh, okay. I did. I looked up sociology definitions of fashion okay. and like the de dictionary definition of fashion. The prevailing style as in dress during a particular time. Mm. And place. And place. Yeah. And demographic. I feel like all you could wear whatever you want these days as long as you're confident. No. That that's the thing. That's this fashion. Is, this is what I've realized is like people wear wild things and I'm like, how do they pull that off? And then I'm like, oh, they're hot. You can wear whatever you want when you're gorgeous, when you're just like a perfect man shape. I don't know. I don't think that's true. I Sometimes people wear some really stupid hats. <laughs> Even attractive people wear stupid hats. So fashion can be weird hats, or it can be footwear, or it can be makeup, or it can be accessories. Yeah. I think it's yeah. anything that you can put on your body to enhance it in some way. And I think it's important to note that, like, Stefan and I sitting here in our T-shirt and jeans. The most fashionable. Uh, well, are <laughs> <laughs> following the fashion. Like, this is a fashion. Just because it's the default fashion doesn't mean it isn't fashion. Mm. Yeah. It's just the easy thing to do. And sort of the thing that blends in the most, which is fine. You could do that. Or you can do like Sam over here wearing his hot pink plaid and his, uh, you know. be slandered like this. <laughs> and his very small running shorts. Okay, that one's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fashion also seems like from what I've looked into is something that scientists like to try to make mathematical equations and stuff about. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. We're just always trying to do that. Yeah. As soon as something's subjective, we're like, let's make an equation. <laughs> yeah, fashion gets close to art and then mm. science are like let's reel it back in <laughs> how can we quantify this we're having a little too much fun guys and speaking of which it's time for 
One of our panelists has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment, but only one of those facts is real. The rest of them are lies. And we have to figure out which one is the true one. And if we do, we get a Hank Buck. And if not, Sari gets the Hank Buck because it's Sari's truth or fail. Guess who's only one point behind the person who's in the lead? Sari. Oh, who's no. in the lead? Me. Oh gosh, am I third? <laughs> yep. I was just a, I was just ahead two episodes ago. Sari had two very good weeks. So. Wow. Nice. You know what I'll say? There's very little pressure at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody even talks about it. Yeah. <laughs> this matters now because I want money. Fake money. <laughs> in the same way we like to talk about old medicine that we now know is ridiculously bad, a lot mm-hmm. of the interest in old-fashioned trends revolves around the things that were harmful or gross or even deadly, from like arsenic-dyed dresses to the glowing mm. radium cosmetics. Mm-hmm. But there were some fashion trends that were designed for protection. Which of these 18th century trends is real? Number one, during the 18th century, powdered wigs and the miasma theory of disease, basically mm. that bad air spread plagues, were all the rage in Europe. So if you weren't hairy enough, it was fashionable to wear fake beards, fake chest hair, and even armpit hair scented with perfume and herbs to stay healthy. So well, like I'm just like gluing hair into my armpits? Or attaching well, it, yeah. Because you used your hair to keep the good smelling stuff around you? Yeah, you keep out the bad air. Right. Oh. You keep the good air. So I'm not hairy enough to hold on to that good smells yes. that I put on. I need more hairs. Walk through a stinky cloud, you got to smell your armpit. Number two. Largely because of Ben Franklin's experiments, people were interested in lightning rods and electricity. So lightning rod fashion was a thing to protect against air and thunderbolts with rods on top of umbrellas or hats and chains that dropped down to the ground and dragged behind the person Ah, to ground. Okay. Ah, Oh, I love it. (laughs) Pokey hats. So it just go right through you? I don't know how this stuff works. (laughs) I don't think it would work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For clarity. Or number three. As dueling with pistols became more popular, nobility was looking for more ways to protect themselves, uh-huh. and multi-layered silk, even though it was expensive, was found to significantly slow down bullets. <gasps> so for the very wealthy, thick silk capes became fashionable for their appearance and shielding properties. So like Whoa. in Batman, like Batman. just like, yeah. put my, foof. Yeah, gonna hide behind my cape, my silk cape. That's badass. So the three facts we have. One, perfumed fake hair was used to keep the good air close. Two, lightning rod fashion had accessories like spikes on hats and umbrellas and chains on the ground. And three, multi-layered silk capes significantly slowed down dueling bullets. This is so hard. The fact that one of those is true is so exciting. People are so... Dumb that all of this stuff <laughs> sounds so real. Well, <laughs> the lightning one seems less the least real to me because I don't think that they knew enough to know that dragging a chain would put like to even have that fake idea. The thing that makes it real to me is that it's hat or umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was just hats, I'd be like, that's a funny fun that Sari is having. But then Sari was like, but also umbrella. And I'm like, ah. Into it now. <laughs> Does anybody know if light, like, what do lightning rods do? I thought they attracted lightning. So you want to put them on a place where the lightning will go to that okay isn't to you. Yes, that's what I thought too. <laughs> lightning rods do attract the lightning, like pinpoint it. Okay, it right. So I can keep it away that. from other more delicate things that should not be hit by lightning. Right. Uh, I feel like I would have heard about perfumed chest hair. <laughs> I guess, so if you got perfumed armpit hair, though, like, nobody sees it. Like, it's not like they're wearing tank tops. Oh, no, no. no. If you're wearing fake chest hair, you've got one of these, like, V-neck blouses, (laughs) frill, and it's open, and the chest hair's hanging out. Right, yeah, you're on the cover of a romance novel for sure. Oh, yes. (laughs) What was the last one? 
capes. Silk capes. capes. I'm oh. definitely going with the capes. You're going I with just the capes. Like it, yeah. I mean, part of me is like, no way would a cape. No, I don't care how many layers of well, silk. Well, guns but, back but, sucked. Yeah. The gun sucked. That yeah. was my thought too. Slow bullets. Uh-huh. Slow bullets. <laughs> they're, they're crawling along. Just whip them out of the air. Boy, I have nothing. I'm going to go with perfumed uh, armpit hair. I am too. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Okay. I think Sam's going with the capes. He's going yeah, with the capes. Going with okay. capes. It was lightning rod. Oh, oh, oh God. What? I'm so proud. That was very good. Made up thing. It's been lightning rods. <laughs> oh, God. That's so dumb. I want to see their lightning rod hat. Uh, there are pictures. It was in 1778. Lightning rod fashion became a thing huh. in Paris. So, Ben okay. Franklin was a francophile i think and so yeah, he would sure. like go over and do some and bragging do some bragging about his lightning rod experiments and then for some reason people started adopting it for their houses to protect them from lightning protection yeah. but then also in their clothes because they're like this is wacky and fun okay. this is wacky and fun and if i get in a duel then i could whip my chain around and smack <laughs> him and stab him with my lightning pole yeah, yeah. hats were the biggest thing where it was a woven metal ribbon around the hat and then a small chain or cord of silver would like drop down to the ground to uh-huh. like ground oh. the lightning. So Did, like hypothetically it would strike the and hat then, and then uh, ground be, it be and not go through your body. Which yeah. would this work? Has anyone ever tested this? I have no idea. What it seems to me is like wacky and fun. Mm. And anybody wearing it would be like in Paris where all the buildings were way taller than them. So right. nobody was getting hit by lightning. I really liked this quote from a newspaper article. Thus arrayed the Grand Dame of Franklin's time not only considered herself in the height of fashion, but she also deemed herself proof against thunderbolts. Great. Yeah. Uh, That's it. You have all the power. I want to have that level of ego. <laughs> <laughs> Were there realities to the fake things? Oh, yes. There are grains of truth. For the fake hair Uh ones, the miasma theory of disease was really big around that time. And that's why those plague doctor masks Mm -hmm. that look like giant Mm -hmm. birds, they would put potpourri or herbs or good smelling things in the beak of those masks because they thought good air would help keep them healthy. Right. And after the germ theory of disease became more widespread, it became fashionable for people to shave their beards because then medical professionals advised like, oh, actually, these beards that you're growing to maybe protect yourself from better or just look fancy mm. probably harbor a lot of bacteria. So, like, mm. get rid of them right? Okay. if you want to be healthy. don't increase the surface area of your face. Mm-hmm. And then we've got multi-layered silk capes. Oh, the silk. Yes. This is actually really, really interesting. There's a man called Dr. Goodfellow who, in the late 1800s, he became a leading authority on gunshot wounds because he saw so many and he treated so many. Mm. He published one case report with several different patients because he had found that silk stops a bullet. Uh, Not completely, but one person got shot in the chest and one of the bullets went partially through a silk handkerchief. And so even though it like entered his body, the silk didn't rip. So the bullet just like poked the silk into their body. And someone who was shot with a shotgun and had a silk kerchief around their neck, that like the kerchief was enough to stop some of the scatter shot. So it didn't like penetrate. And so this doctor was like, silk, there is some power in it. And that led to the development of early bulletproof vests out of layers of silk with some metal inside as like soft bulletproof vests, which was really interesting, but never did capes. And this was like later than the 18th century. You didn't have the vision to do capes. Yeah. Capes were not in fashion and Mm. it was never, they were never used for dueling. And also the silk bulletproof vests that were developed were way too expensive for any 
common folk to afford them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were never widely used by the military or anything. Okay. And then pretty soon after Kevlar was invented. Were they used by people who were dueling? Or was dueling not really around anymore? Dueling was phasing out. Okay. It was like poo-pooed on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get Should that. Yeah. Just mur- like street murder, legal not, street murder. Not yeah, good. It's good to not have that. Next up, we're going to take a short break and then it will be time for the Fact Off. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. Hello, welcome back. Hank Buck totals, I got nothing. Sam's got nothing. Mm. Stefan's got one and Sari's pulling into the lead. Not just this episode. But overall... And in our hearts. With three. (laughs) And in our hearts. I got that lightning rod money. (laughs) I'm going to make myself a nice hat. Oh, don't do it. It's been very stormy this summer. (laughs) And there aren't that many tall buildings. You will be hit by lightning. I just want to, I want to have big six foot long chain hanging off of me all the time. It could come in handy. You probably did as a teen. I, I did have chains. (laughs) You're right. I did have, I did have a wallet chain for a while. I was... Cool. Pretty pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the fact off, where two panelists have brought science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. The presentees each have a Hank Buck to award to the fact that they like the most. But if you hate both facts, you can just burn it, throw it into our fire here that we keep in the middle of the studio. And to decide who goes first, who is the person who most recently bought a clothing? I bought a clothing on Tuesday. Whoa. I did not. I have not bought a clothing for a while. What did you buy on Tuesday? A bunch of shirts. You go shirt shopping on Tuesday? No, not every Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Would you want to come with me if I did? That's adorable. Can we go to the mall? Mm, Yeah, Yeah, you two boys should go to the mall. Yeah. Sari and I will listen to music together. I think I most recently bought clothes at VidCon because I bought a bunch of YouTuber shirts. Mm. I have not bought anything Uh. since then. Do you buy clothes very often? No. No. Yeah, me either. No. It's 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 very unusual. Maybe like at the beginning of every new season, I'll buy some stuff just because I'm like... Of every season? Not every season. I'm sorry. The traditional fashion seasons of... (laughs) (laughs) You know the traditional fashion seasons. (laughs) So I guess, Sam, you're going to go first. The French tuck. Chunky sneakers, man buns, bell bottoms. Fashion trends have been coming and going oh. and coming back again for the entirety of human history. But surely humans are the only animal self-aware enough to spend so much energy on something as like frivolous kind of and basically arbitrary as fashion, right? 
Well, in 2010, researchers in Zambia observed a chimpanzee named Julie walking around with a big piece of grass sticking out of her ear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the end. Uh, and then over the cor- then they watched the group she was with, a group of 11 monkeys, including her, over the next year, and they saw that seven more of them started to look at her ear because she just kept doing it. So they would look at her ear, and then eventually they all started putting straw or, like, grass in their ears, too. And they would pick out the perfect piece of grass, and they would, like, position it in their ear just right, and then they would just go about their day with this with this grass oh. sticking out of their ear. And then even after Julie's death, the ones that learned how to do it from her taught the baby chimpanzees how to put grass in their ear and look cool, too. And the researchers looked at chimpanzee groups in the same area and none of them had grass in their ear they couldn't figure out any like medical thing it would be or anything like that so they deduced basically that it was the first time that what is effectively a fashion trend was observed in a non-human animal wow. that's all i got was it like sticking straight out like yeah. perpendicular out of <laughs> yeah. the ear <laughs> yeah and they think i read that they think that it happened to her accidentally <laughs> and, that, and, she liked it. and that maybe she liked it so she kept doing it because it like Maybe felt good and itchy on her ear or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And then other chimp chimpanzees would learn from her. We'll put a picture of Julie up at scishowtangents.org. They look really cute, right? Yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it doesn't look particularly comfortable. No, it looks bad. I was trying to find other animals that do like right. fashion or clothing or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's all basically like there's birds that stain their feathers. Sure. And that is like purely for mating and like all birds do it. Right. Or like crabs that will stick stuff on their backs to hide. But that's just for survival. Mm-hmm. And all crabs do it. But this is the first one that's not like genetically imprinted or however those right. kind of instincts work. It's just like, hey. What about this? On a related note somewhat, <gasps> Okay. obviously we all get dressed in the morning. We all, you know, mostly think about some thought as to what you put on because, like, people are going to think things about us, mm-hmm. right? Oh. But we don't necessarily think about what lizards are going to think of us. But <laughs> in 2017, <laughs> a group of researchers in Southern California wanted to test how the western fence lizard responded to the color of people's clothing. Why? Why? Uh, particularly they were wondering whether they would be scared or less scared of people who were wearing blue why why Why? (laughs) male western fence lizards have blue patches on their abdomen and throat and they show those off to other lizards by bobbing their heads or doing push-ups just Mm. like we do except without blue spots now this isn't that far-fetched the experiment is based on the species confidence hypothesis which comes from work that we've done with different bird species that seem to change their behavior based on the color of a person's clothing according Mm. to the hypothesis these birds are more cool with colors they're familiar with, like the colors on their own body. It's still a hypothesis, though, and it's not clear what animals it might extend to. So these scientists uh, went to pick out a dark blue shirt, a light blue shirt that resembled the colors from the fence lizard's patches. And they also picked out a few shirts that didn't match. And then they went out to some parks to just go chase some lizards around (laughs) for science. And based on the results, it looks like the lizards do, in fact, have fashion preferences. They were big fans of dark blue 
and not fans of red. When they wore the dark blue shirt, oh. their official shirt wearer could get around twice as close to a lizard before it ran away compared to when uh, they wore red. And they were almost twice as likely to actually get to catch the lizard. Uh-huh. Light blue was a little less appealing compared to dark blue, but it still seemed to make the lizards less skittish. And wearing a neutral color, in the case here, gray, seemed to make the lizards nervous as well. They could get a little closer to the lizard when compared to the red, but lizards were still just as hard to catch. Wow. They thought there was a big, nice lizard coming over to hang out with them. <laughs> Did they switch around the, like, shirt wearers? Uh, I don't like, know always if they switched, the same, if it was always the same Because what person? if it was just a friendly person wearing the, the blue? Yeah, I mean, you know, lizard, my guess is that, like, they were doing the research on these lizards already, and they were like, my day is easier when I wear the dark blue shirt. Yeah. I know how yeah. science works. You notice stuff, and then you're like, okay, I got a hypothesis. <laughs> it also didn't have a difference between the, like, sexes of the lizards. So, like, male mm, lizards oh. were just mm. as comfortable with... A blue guy is female lizards. So, blue patched lizards have fashion preferences for people, or chimpanzees have fashion preferences for themselves, and it's a grass piece of grass sticking out of your ear. We can't even ever look I... in a mirror and see what they look like. I know. That's sad. <laughs> I think I'm going to give mine to the grass ear That's because that feels a little bit more like a fashion accessory Ooh, uh-huh. to me. I like the idea of chimpanzee fashion becoming an independent thing from human fashion. And maybe yeah. someday we'll all be wearing grass in our ears. For pretty much the exact same reason, I'm also going to give it to Sam. Ah! Oh, no. I want crab fashion. I want lizard fashion. And then we can take from them right. and like have our own inspired yeah. clothing. They can start wearing little hats. Yeah, and we can get grass in our ears. And then chimpanzees will be like, damn, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds more fun to me than dressing up like a dog in human clothes. I don't like when people put pets in human clothes. I'd rather learn fashion trends from animals. I'd rather put a human in dog clothes. (laughs) It does kind of seem like dogs are, there's a certain maybe consciousness with them about how they smell, which maybe would count Mm, as their version of fashion. You can just start rolling around and pooping stuff. They're like, I want to smell a different way. That's my fashion. And now it's time for Ask the Science Couch, where we've got some listener questions for our couch of finely honed scientific minds. This week, read by Stefan. At Basil Stereotype asks, which textiles have the least impact on the environment in terms of material extraction, production, and byproducts, accounting for how durable and long-lasting they are for the user and disposal and breakdown? That's quite a question. It is. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I know nothing <laughs> as usual but my guess would be stuff that lasts a long time it is important and and i think basil says this uh it is important to think about the life span of the fashion item and a lot when i was researching at least almost every scientific thing about clothing lately has been how to make more sustainable clothing mm-hmm. what to do with the old clothing like new ways to produce things so that mm-hmm. we're not choking our planet with all of these clothes. It is in the forefront of like a lot of sustainability efforts is to mm-hmm. figure out how to make the fashion industry more sustainable. Right. It is a very flawed system right now. Mm-hmm. I like looked into a little bit of of things that people have said are more sustainable. So mm-hmm. like bamboo mm-hmm. yep. is a fiber that people think is more sustainable. Mm-hmm. The problem with bamboo is it's like really easy to grow mm-hmm. and grows naturally in a lot of places. But the processing Right. Turning bamboo into a soft fiber is not Mm -hmm. super easy. If you turn it into a linen-like fiber, like stiffer, then Mm -hmm. that process is less bad. But Mm -hmm. if you turn it into a soft fiber, then it's basically like making rayon. And so it's like a 
the viscose rayon process, which involves like really just dousing it in a lot of chemicals, a mm. lot of which can't be reused and like leach out into the environment. Mm. Oh. And so like the viscose rayon process is not very environmentally Jeez. friendly. Okay. And so wow. bamboo so not fabrics, bamboo. Not, not, bamboo. not produced in that specific way. Right. Yeah. They're like, which is they're the, like if, soft bamboo t-shirts. That Those are like not good. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But if it seems like, like they would be. Cotton takes a lot of water. Cotton oh, is like the okay. most water sucking crop of mm. of like the fashion industry that I can tell. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with normal cotton is like water usage and um the pesticides that they use. So organic yeah. cotton is slightly better mm-hmm. and the fact that it can break down again, especially if it's not heavily dyed with synthetic mm-hmm. dyes, right. then that's good like it can be repurposed, but the downside of cotton is like the massive amounts of water mm-hmm. that goes into it. Are there any good fabrics? I mean, so people, everybody always yells about hemp. Hemp. People yell about hemp. There was a study done comparing it to cotton and polyester, and it's mm-hmm. like slightly better than cotton as far as water usage mm-hmm. goes and processing goes and mm-hmm. the amount of, I don't know, things that get released into the environment. But it's not like a miracle mm-hmm. product like right. people are hailing it as. Mm-hmm. I bet it would be if you just wore like just unbleached burlap. Yeah, like if it's like, <laughs> That's like, that's when people are like, hemp fabric is so good. It's like, yeah, if you wear the like really coarse, uncomfortable, unprocessed stuff, right. but like huh. nobody buys that at the store yeah. because... Because um, you'll grind your nipples off if you wear it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like better on water and land requirements, but slightly worse for energy use. But it's like, yeah, it's not going to be a cure-all in the mm-hmm. way that people mm-hmm. think it is. Right. Um, linen, very similar. It's like a very expensive fabric. Wait, what is linen? Linen is made from flax. <laughs> I didn't know what linen was either. Oh, I thought it was just cotton. Uh, no, mm. it's fancy. So mm. plant-based, but... I think it lasts a really long time. It doesn't uh-huh. involve the same amount of processing as cotton and uses less water. Mm. And so the linen shirts and pants are usually stiffer. Um, mm-hmm. They're really breezy. And that lasts for a long time. Like yeah. the fact that we can still find linen from older societies, mm. oh, maybe, nice. but it's That's seen cool. as a luxury product right now. Like yeah. So few fabrics are made yeah. out of it. Does bamboo last a long time? Maybe. Yes. Or we just don't I know guess yet. So. This is me guessing, but. Uh, since it's processed in a similar way as rayon, I'd guess that it wouldn't biodegrade as easily. Like the the chemical structure has been changed enough mm-hmm. that it is it would last longer, but not biodegrade as easily. Okay. But like linen, I think is more. This is me also sort of guessing. I think is slightly less processed, so it will biodegrade more easily. Okay. Because less synthetic chemicals are introduced in its processing. What if we made clothes? Out of older clothes. Ooh, <laughs> upcycle. There is some of that. Um, and I found it feels like we got all these fat fibers out there in the <laughs> We already made already. enough fibers. We don't need we're to make be, any more we're fibers. Peak fiber where we've got enough, <laughs> there's enough cotton already in the world. Mm-hmm. Just need to figure out how to turn the old cotton mm. into new cotton. That is what some people suggest. There's one paper from 2017 that was like rating fabrics by environmental benchmarks. And I don't know what all the measurements in, but then the highest class are mechanically recycled nylon, mechanically recycled polyester, Mm. organic flax, linen, um, organic hemp, recycled cotton or recycled wool, locally sourced stuff rather than. Um, I don't know, like mass-produced cotton right, fields right. and things like that but that use up a bunch of water. all of those places don't exist anymore. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and this is the other thing. This question, and I want to acknowledge that, is like asking a very thoughtful question of like, which textiles have the least impact on the environment? And yeah. it 
puts the lens on the consumer. So like if I was to buy a textile, maybe I should go for linen because this the shirt will last me a really mm -hmm. long time. But like a lot of the problems with the fashion industry are systemic. Uh, right. There's this very interesting Vox article that I remember reading last year about why fashion brands destroy millions or billions of dollars of merchandise like their right. own every year stuff. of their own mm, stuff and yeah. it's for exclusivity yeah. so they i don't know round up all the clothes that didn't sell and instead of donating them or trying to repurpose them they right. just burn them because that's cheapest and mm -hmm. that's easiest and helps with like the fashion cycling they don't burn them do Some they do burn, burn them, them they yeah. burn them yeah they like because it's cheaper than trying to like rip out the the right. different pieces or like oh undo oh my god it is wild because like so much of clothing is polyester which is made from uh, oil and then yeah. you burn it it's just like burning oil but you didn't do anything with it you like don't use that yeah. energy in any way you just use right. some so much energy to make it into a clothes yeah. and then undo all that work by burning it again and releasing yeah. that same. And this to me is a total conjecture from me, but it also feels like in the future it'll be harder to shop thrift stores and stuff because all the clothes that we buy now aren't made as sturdily mm, or yeah. made to last as long. It so it's like, it's already, in my opinion, harder to find like good shirts and stuff in thrift stores because mm. they've been picked clean and the next wave of things are like fast fashion stuff that won't last. I don't Whoa. know. This is like a very depressing viewer question, but I have to mention it because yeah. I don't want people to feel individually bad for it. Right. I don't know. Like this, like climate change, like a bunch of other environmental issues are systemic problems that you have to pay attention to. And like you can make personal changes, yeah. but usually it's the corporation's Making right. bad choices that you got to pay attention to yeah. uh, and change how the market works. If you want to ask a question to the Science Couch, follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we will tweet out topics for upcoming episodes every week. Thank you to at your Miss Ginger at MHenson98 and everybody else who tweeted us your questions this week. Final scores. I've got zero. Stefan's got one. Sam's got two. And Sari's the winner with three. This means I'm the most fashionable of us Ooh, all. Ooh, I yeah. mean, I think that actually is true. I don't think so. I think Sam might have me beat. He's got good fashion. I like those little running shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so, the scores as of now. Mm. Uh, Stefan, last place with 52 points. Hank, next with 54 points. You're mm. coming to get me. Mm. Uh, oh, Sari. 59 points. Whoa. And in co-first place, Sam, also at 59 Whoa. points. Oh, <laughs> wow. We're okay. like on the podium, each holding one handle of the trophy. Yeah. He's going to have to cut it in half with a very high-powered jet of water. No, it's my trophy. <laughs> <laughs> if you like this show and you want to help us out, it's really easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show. You can also leave a topic idea in there. We search our iTunes reviews for topic ideas. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from the episode because I love that. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, tell people about us. If you want to read more about any of today's topics, check out scishowtangents.org to find links to all our sources and some weird pictures of Benjamin Franklin in inspired fashion. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I've been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. I've been Stefan Chin. And I've been Sam Schultz. SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and the awesome team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroko Matsu our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno. And we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you. And remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted.
one more thing. The Dutch bio artist Jalila Esayidi, who makes different sorts of textiles, in 2017, she created a fabric called Mestic that's made from the cellulose found in the dry components of cow poop. And so that sounds sustainable. A Refinery29 reports that the material does not smell like poop. That's really all you can ask for yeah. <laughs> in a material. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 